there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And today is the completion of Spoopy Month. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This week, guys, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so happy because I have decided to torture my husband once again with another decom. That's right. A Disney Channel original movie. This one from the golden year of 1998. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Halloween Town. I can't even, there's no ooh, it's not scary at all. I know. <laughs> it's scary at how ridiculously cheap it is and how much I actually genuinely loved it when I was a kid. Oh, my standards, they were oh so low. <laughs> but I, I love this movie and it's not good, but I love it so purely based on nostalgia alone and that's okay. Yeah, it... Being as I've never seen it before, it was interesting. Listen, we, we've had talks on this show about DCOMs in the past. This is actually the third DCOM we have discussed on Shoot the Flick. The first one we discussed, I believe, was Luck of the Irish. The masterpiece St. Patrick's Day movie. Fuck the Leprechaun movies. That's right. I said it. Watch Luck of the Irish instead. I don't I'm trying to think of another St. Patrick's Day movie. I I can only think of one and it's leap year, but I feel like it's No. I mean it's it's Irishy cuz it's a romance and it takes place in Ireland and there's the cliffs of more in it and that's means it's Irish. Anyway, <laughs> shut up, Scott, okay? You love DCOMs deep, 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 deep down. I know you do because the second DCOM we reviewed on this show was the the pinnacle, the HBIC, the GOAT, High School Musical. Oh, and yeah, I mean, loved it. I mean, guys. Need I say more <laughs> no the less said the better so this this is halloween town and this is like early stages of decom and you can tell very easily by the quality of the <laughs> everything <laughs> um but this is the fourth decom ever in existence just to put it in context one of the more popular decoms by the name of smart house came out the year after this one it was released on October 17th, 1998 on Disney Channel to 3.4 million viewers. And um, there, there are three sequels. <laughs> there, there are three sequels. <laughs> I told Scott that and he was very confused. But allow me to explain. I've only seen one of the sequels. And that's how uh, I almost said High School Musical too. <laughs> that is Halloween Town 2 and that was released in 2001 with 6.1 million viewers so we had like almost a doubling of viewership for the sequel Jesus Christ almost like High School Musical with High School Musical 2 so that just tells you what we're working with here okay too much time on our hands that is probably true. Um, don't worry, kids. Considering <laughs> how much Scott loved this movie, we're probably going to do the sequel at some point. So don't fret. 
we're not done with this franchise. The fact that I have to say it's a franchise is a problem in itself, but I digress. There's like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, the Halloween franchise, the Halloween Town, Town franchise. I know, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, doesn't it just fit so well in your brain? <laughs> Scott, just, just, just give us, us 90s kids who actually watched this movie growing up. Because you were also a 90s kid, but you never saw this movie before. Because nope. you were not a Disney Channel bitch like me back in the day. Nope. Scott, how did this movie move you? <laughs> did, how did it change you? How did it alter your perspective on life itself? Well, I, I would not say it changed me or altered my perception of life itself. I, I, I am not suddenly believing that there is an alternate dimension of monsters and creatures out there. That got their costumes from Party City. <laughs> you can clearly tell their masks because you can see like the end of the mask. I'm like, can't you guys just get these guys to wear just a shirt that's just a little too high to cover the bottom of the mask? It's it's really, I mean, I, I wish I had the budget info for this. I don't. But it had I mean, to be like... Like a hundred thousand. I would not be surprised. I mean, my God. But that's what gives it its charm, Scott. It's a children's film, okay? We're not expecting gore and, and jump scares and such. We are expecting family-friendly joy, okay? And that's what we got. There was, we can't scare the kitties too much, Well, dear. it's very funny because this is the second witch film we've covered on here. With the first being Hocus Pocus. Ah, another Disney classic indeed. And after we watched this, I did look at some brief reviews just to kind of see what the overall opinion of Halloween Town is. And there are a lot of people who are trying to connect Halloween Town to Hocus Pocus. That That's wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've been tooting this film's horn enough for you. I enjoy the film. But if I if I was seeing it for the first time, like Scott was, I would think, what the fuck did I just waste my time watching, <laughs> to be fair? Uh, well, honestly, because I know it's a kid's film, it's a little easier to kind of forgive shit. But Hocus Pocus is a better movie. Right up the bat, it's got more of a budget, and it has actual, like, you know, stars in it and shit. And, you know, we can't forget, I put a spell on you. I mean, the musical number of the gods. I put a spell on you. This movie was directed by Dwayne Dunham, who we actually discussed in a previous episode of Shoot the Flick. He was the director of Homeward Bound. Ah! The movie where the puppies and the kitty cat talk. This movie was written by Paul Birnbaum. I looked up his IMDb, and the only thing that I recognized in it was the movie Next, which is a Nicolas Cage film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> I only watched it because I like kind of like time travel stuff, even though it's not time travel exactly. It's it's very complicated and very stupid, and I'm not going to explain it. Don't watch it. Who knew that talking about Halloween Town, we would have connections to Nicolas Cage? Oh, but wait, we're not done with the weird connections. You ready for this? It was also written by a duo by the names of John Cooksey and Allie Marie Matheson, who were writers for a little Nickelodeon show called um, huh, Rugrats. Oh, so, yeah, I think we're ready to get into the nitty-gritty now. Uh, okay, let's just, just, just go. <laughs> let's, let's try to make some sense out of this, shall we? Let's see. We start right off the bat with our opening credits. 
it's very easy to figure out that this is a a children's movie and b a 90s movie oh the font screams 90s the only thing we were missing is somebody screaming radical yeah pretty much the music kind of sounded like it belonged more in killer clowns from outer space i, I do not because killer clowns. because only because okay hear me out it sounded like a Halloween themed carnival. Okay, maybe. More than anything, which, if you think about it, what is Killer Clowns from Outer Space if not a Halloween themed carnival? Of death and destruction. True. Watch our Killer Clowns from Outer Space episode. <laughs> That's a kicker. Anyway, after our opening credits, we meet our main characters, most importantly, Marnie, who is played by Kimberly J. Brown. She's a 13-year-old girl who thinks she's a grown-ass adult. She was also in another DCOM, I believe, after this movie, called Quince. Do you want to know what Quince was about? <laughs> what was uh, Quince? Quince, like, like Q-U-I-N-T-S. Quince. What the... That, that's not a word. It's not, but it's short for quintuplets. You see, <laughs> Kimberly J. Brown, Scott has put his head in his hands. He's given up already. Oh, we're not even past the opening credits. Anyway, <laughs> um, Quince is about uh, Kimberly J. Brown plays the main character, and her mother has quintuplets, and she just doesn't know how to handle it. Hijinks and things. That was the subject of a Disney Channel <laughs> original movie. Oh, God. It's Cheetah Girls, it was not, <laughs> I would guess. Well, isn't the Cheetah Girls movie, don't they go to, like, India? That's in, like, one of the sequels. Okay. Uh, There's, I believe, three Cheetah Girls movies, if I'm not mistaken. I remember, because my sisters watched some of these. So I remember that. I remember Cadet Kelly. Cadet Kelly! I loved Cadet Kelly. <laughs> I, w I thought about putting that on the list for you, but it's just so girly, like you'd kill yourself. <laughs> it's so saccharine. Hilary Duff plays uh, this like artsy fartsy girl that has to go to military school and she just doesn't fit in. And Christy Carlson Romano is like her drill sergeant or something. I don't know. I liked it as a kid because it was a decom and Lizzie McGuire. So it's like Child's Play 3. Which also takes place at the military facility. Yes, dear. Disney Channel's Cadet Kelly is just like one of the Chucky sequels. That's correct. Sounds about right. Anywho, <laughs> you you were making a point about the Disney Channel movies your sister oh, watched. Yes. Excuse me. So, yeah, they watched some of these. So, I, I watched some of them in the periphery and all of them kind of just seemed... Shitty. Shitty, but they were all like, girl power and... Yes, they were mostly tailored to young girls because that's who was mainly watching fucking Disney Channel, hence High School Musical and Zach. I almost said Zach Braff. Zach that would be a very different movie. Zach Efron. But let's get back to Halloween Town. Yes, let's. I mean, it's it's hard not to get sidetracked because the 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 world of decoms is so vast and so weird. And this movie's only like an hour and twenty minutes. I long. know, I know. I said to Scott, I'm like, oh well, you know, this won't be too long of a recording session because the movie's only like an hour or something long. Like we'll be fine. And I'm like yammering on about other movies. Anyway, we meet Marnie. Played by Kimberly J. Brown. Again, she is a 13-year-old girl with attitude. And she thinks she's a grown-ass girl. And it is 
mentioned several times throughout the movie how she quote unquote likes weird stuff. Instead she, of doing math with the rest of the kids, she's drawing ghosts. In Ooh. her in her notebook, <laughs> I like spooky things. Which explains why she's failing math. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. The problem we establish right away in the beginning of the film is Marnie wants to go out to a costume party with her friends on Halloween night. Man, she can't because her mean old mom won't let her go. Marnie's mom, who's named Gwen, is played by Judith Hogue. Did you recognize her, Scott? Not even a little bit. You didn't? Had you ever seen the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Scott? I did. Well, she played April O'Neil in that movie. Oh, I did not recognize her I here. thought you might. Yeah, but I haven't seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 15 so or so years. But um, Gwen won't let any of her three children go out for Halloween. Now, we have Marnie, the oldest child, but we also have Dylan... Played by Joey Zimmerman. Fuck Dylan. Who's the middle child. And we have Sophie, who's played by Emily Roski, who plays the youngest child, who, by the way, is the most terrifying little child. Not the actress. She does a great job. But just the, the character of Sophie, if you think about it, is really quite terrifying. But we're going to get to that. <laughs> Stephen King-esque. But yeah, Marnie's pissed because she can't go out for Halloween. The little girl, Sophie, is like, I want to go out trick-or-treating with my friends. And mom's like, no. And Marnie's like, why? And mom's like, fuck you, that's why. <laughs> basically. I'll and, um, tell you when you're taller. Yeah, basically. That's what she says. But um, Dylan doesn't really seem to care about that. He's just like all about opposing his sister at every turn like he's just that guy he's just meant to be the pain in the ass little brother essentially not even that dylan's just god fuck dylan yeah you were very angry at dylan for most of the movie if not all of it (laughs) dylan just sucks he's a a he's opposing marty the whole way b he's meant to be like all nerdy and shit but he's like talking about like fucking arbor day and shit fuck dylan Oh, and uh, another thing that we learn in this kind of opening introductory scene is that, of course, because it's a Disney movie, the kid's dad is dead. (laughs) We can't have two parents that are alive in a fucking Disney movie any goddamn where we go, but that's fine because fuck it. (laughs) We don't know how he died. We We just know he died. Yeah. What are you implying? You said that with a very kind of sinister undertone in your voice there. Well, maybe just maybe the reason the mother is so against magic because one of her kids killed the father (laughs) you're a fucking idiot (laughs) you want me to put a sting there like i'm not doing it you're an idiot do it no (laughs) do it no (laughs) so after all this introductory michigas we cut to a bus flying through the sky and out of the flying bus comes Debbie fucking Reynolds. That's right. Debbie Reynolds is in this movie, guys. And she plays Aggie Cromwell. And she's a fucking witch. She falls down from the sky like Mary fucking Poppins with umbrella and sentient carpet bag in tow. If you don't know who fucking Debbie Reynolds is, let me elucidate you. She is an Oscar-nominated legend for her film Singing in the Rain in 1950 motherfucking 2, and she is Carrie Fisher's mother, and she's a fucking queen, and we love her. 
rest in peace, Debbie Reynolds. And she was in all, count them, all four of the Halloween Town movies. Oh. She's the only actual star in this movie. <laughs> she is the grandma of this little family that we've met. She is Gwen's mother, and she's coming to visit from where exactly we don't know yet but here's a clue it rhymes with schmalamine town <laughs> oh does it <laughs> we cut back to the house right before uh grandma comes a knocking on the door and we see little sophie being the little kid of the family she tries to sneak a cookie before dinner and mother stops her no 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 sophie you can't spoil your dinner and mom like takes the cookies away and she turns around in a huff, little Sophie, and she's like, I really want that cookie. And all of a sudden, one of the cookies starts floating in the air and floating over to little Sophie. And she can't see it, so but the mom sees it and she goes to grab the cookie. She's like, oh, God, not again. And she grabs the cookie. So we immediately establish that something wicked this way coming. There is evil afoot because maybe Sophie killed her father. No, I don't think that's what we're going to. Or maybe Marnie. So, um, Grandma Aggie Cromwell, a.k.a. Debbie Reynolds, comes to visit. Um, we establish right away that she has some issues with her daughter, but she's very jovial with the kids. She gives Marnie a fucking pentagram necklace because that's a normal thing to give a child. And <laughs> basically is encouraging the kids to get more involved in Halloween. She gives the kids these like weird costumes. Marnie turns around. She looks like a fucking old timey medieval princess thing. And it, she says, I'm a Wiccan. It's like, okay, again, kind of weird <laughs> that we're saying you're a Wiccan in a fucking Disney movie. But okay, we get to the point where we, we, we have the children talking to their grandma about ghosts because, you know, spooky. And this is the first real point where I looked at Scott like waiting for his reaction because little Sophie's wearing a ghost costume and she's kind of running around doing like ghost noises. Oh, God. Oogie boogie, all that kind of stuff. And Debbie Reynolds <laughs> fucking emits the most guttural and horrifying ghost moan. Oh. <gasps> Grandma, we don't want to hear you moan again. Oh, uh, that was fun. But yeah, I looked at Scott and I just saw him like burst out and laughter. I'm like, yep, that's what we're doing. <laughs> this is where we are. It's, it's not even like it's funny laughter. It's more like, oh it's my just God. Awkward. Yeah, it's just awkward and like bizarre. And it's like, that's basically what Halloween Town is, guys. Get ready. But mom lets grandma read a bedtime story to her kids. And grandma suddenly drops the hints of, Halloween Town. Oh, yes. It's a magical place. <laughs> where monsters live all happy-go-lucky and yay. But Mom is upset about this. She doesn't want her kids knowing about Halloween Town. Yes. After they put the kids to bed, Aggie and Gwen are kind of having an argument. Aggie's saying she wants Gwen to come home to Halloween Town. And Gwen's like, no, I want my kids to have a normal life. Da, 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 da. And Aggie's like, oh, normal is so vastly overrated. It's like this chicken I magically may come back to life. And oh, I God, yeah. So it's, that's a whole other thing, too. So... <laughs> While they're arguing, the mom is like furiously using like kitchen tongs to scoop fried chicken into this bowl because she's just so very angry with her mother and stern. And we must show this by having her furiously set up her leftover fried chicken in a bowl. <laughs> then 
Aggie, she proceeds to go cluck cluck and the (laughs) the fried chicken turns into a live chicken in a bowl. And then she does cluck cluck again and it goes, it turns back into fried chicken, which begs the question, did she just like murder a chicken? Was that, what was that chicken's memories? What? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like what, what kind of life? The chicken is dead. The chicken is then reborn. Like, what the? Where the That's fuck what I mean. Am I? Like, does it remember? And, and then suddenly, it's killed <laughs> it's again. It's dead again. It's very. It's yeah. It's a little. When you think about the implications, it's not good. But anyway, Marnie sneaks downstairs basically and overhears her mother and her grandmother arguing and they finally mention the big elephant in the movie that (laughs) the Cromwells aka Aggie and Gwen and Marnie and Sophie are all fucking witches. (laughs) They are a coven. Um, And they mention that because Marnie is now 13, if she goes past her 13th year without being trained as a witch, then she loses her powers forever. And her mom's like, well, good, that's what I want. And Sophie will be the same way when she gets older, because I don't want my kids living that kind of life. I want them to have a normal childhood. And Aggie's like, well, fine, you're stupid, but fine, do whatever you want, but I need your help. And Gwen's like, whatever do you mean, mother? And Aggie proceeds to explain... There's something rotten in Halloween Town. Indeed. She basically tells her daughter that people in Halloween Town are changing. They're becoming more aggressive and strange. And then they just suddenly disappear. And she references a lot of buzzwords like dark times and something evil. Just to get the kids appropriately concerned, (laughs) you know. And Aggie asks for her daughter's help with this matter. She said, us Cromwells need to stick together. And Gwen basically goes... Fuck Halloween Town. It can die in a hole for all I care. We don't need to be so aggressive about it. But yes, that's basically what she says. So Marnie goes and wakes up her brother and tells him all this. And he thinks she's fucking crazy. But they both go after Aggie, who is leaving because she has to, quote unquote, catch her bus back home. So they go and follow her out into the night. And they sneak onto this magical, spooky bus. And... This is where the kids really kind of realize that shit is hitting the fan because we look on this bus and we get our first taste of the, not just the prosthetics in this movie, but like the fact that there are monsters. Like there's a Frankenstein monster and like a goblin looking thing. And, and some witches. Some witches. Yeah. There, there's a lot happening. But this all leads to Halloween Town. Yes, so we immediately arrive in Halloween Town, which essentially just looks like a run-of-the-mill American town, but it's in another dimension. Woo! With a giant pumpkin in the town square. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that pumpkin, the Halloween Town portion of the film was filmed in a town called St. Helens, Oregon. And for some time now, the town has had a month-long Spirit of Halloween event around October, and it welcomes tourists, and it kind of recreates parts of this movie set, including the big-ass pumpkin in the town square, which is, like, iconic to this movie. So, yeah, I just thought that was very cute. It kind of reminded me of the Hocus Pocus thing, because that was also filmed in, like, kind of a small town, and it's kind of got the iconic Disney, Halloween-y, cutesy, nostalgic movie vibes, you know? 
yeah, so the kids are now here in Halloween Town. Dylan is being a little shit because Dylan's a little shit. And then suddenly, Sophie appears behind them. Yes, and we're all, and they're all like, "What? What? What is she?" Scott was like, "What is she doing here? She is a small child. She should not be here." And the uh, the kids are like, "How did you get here?" She's like, "I followed you." And she's like, "How did we not notice you were there? Like, what the fuck, child? It wasn't a big bus. We were sitting at the very back of the bus, also. So if you were there, we would have seen you. But okay, well, sure, you stuck on the bus. Well, S- Sophie." Because there's earlier, there's an earlier line where they re- reference that Sophie, whenever she has a tantrum, things fly off the walls. Oh yes, yes. So Sophie is the most connected to her magical powers. Yes. So that's I actually wanted to bring that up in reference to why Sophie is the most dangerous character in this movie, and she's not even the villain. The villain is a whole other fucking can of worms. They mention in the movie that. Yeah, like Scott said, Sophie, whenever she has tantrums, things go flying off the wall. So that's kind of supposed to be her indication that she has some witch-like powers. With Marnie, the way her powers, quote-unquote, manifest themselves at a young age was that she gets deja vu all the time. Which I would argue is like, okay, so what? Like, who cares? But like, Sophie can actually do like physical magic. She moved the fucking cookie. She does other things throughout the movie that are actual fucking magic that Marnie cannot fucking do at many years older than Sophie. She killed her father, you know? No, she didn't kill the fucking father. Anyway, (laughs) my point is, is that Marnie, who is the firstborn Cromwell child of this generation she is a witch as well but she has really not shown any as far as we know any active magical powers up to this point however Sophie is the youngest she is a wee babe and she has clearly by multiple accounts shown several instances of active powers and even later on in the movie when the plot is a happening Marnie is like I think I can I think I can when trying to do magic and she can't fucking do it until the sister pipes up and is like I'll do it and then it just happens <laughs> like she she's way more powerful than her sister way more powerful which if she's this powerful now at a young age how's she gonna be when she's a teenager like I'm concerned I'm concerned for her hormones Sophie I'm concerned for the dumbass little boy that breaks her heart I'm concerned for many people yeah there's probably gonna be death like her father oh my god (laughs) I knew you were gonna say that stop it (laughs) oh my god (laughs) okay but when we get to Halloween Town it's made all the more clear um, the budget in this movie and the the aesthetics of the background characters is dirt cheap. Oh my lord! It's essentially just people wearing masks, and some of them aren't even wearing like Halloween costumes. A lot of them are just wearing like regular everyday human clothes with like a fucking crazy mask on their face and like regular old human arms and feetsies and everything. Like it's just very weird. And also watching the movie again after all this time, like you notice just how many people in this town are just walking around aimlessly doing nothing. Just just walking. (laughs) like where are you like everyone's just walking everywhere there's so many extras and they're all wearing cheapo fucking you could have like 
brought down the extra budget a little bit and just like invested that money into like better costumes perhaps maybe i don't know i'm not a fucking cinematic financier i'm just saying let's just put it like this i think half of these extras are probably just crew people they did threw a mask on i wouldn't be shocked yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they're in the town square they basically approach the one normal-looking guy in the town square who happens to be the mayor. Ah, how lovely, how quaint. The mayor of this small, spooky, scary Halloween town is named Calabar. That's right, Calabar, a totally normal name. <laughs> and <laughs> he is uh, a creep with a top hat who's trying very hard to be Gene Wilder in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. See, but that's the thing. I don't think he's, like, really creepy here. I actually think he just seems like a nice guy here. Except for the fact that he clearly loves their mother. Oh, my God. Like, he, yeah. Cause, okay, so he meets the kids, right? And he does, like, a little bit with with Sophie. Like, what's your name? Oh, Soapy. Like, Soap. And it's like, oh, no, my name's Sophie. It's, like, kind of cute, I guess. And he pulls a lollipop out of his ear. He's like, here, little girl, take my lollipop from my ear. And Sophie's like, no. No, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'm fine. Like, that mother taught her right. Like, you don't take candy from strangers, especially when they come out of their orifices. <laughs> oh, hi, little girl. Take this piece of candy I found from... Everybody say it with me dead ass dead ass (laughs) why is it brown (laughs) it's a chocolate oh god we're bad people (laughs) oh god okay 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 i'm done i'm done done. um Uh, so calabar i'm I'm crying so calabar Calabar, (laughs) after you know offering these children candy finds out they're the they're Cromwell's they're, they're Crom- Aggie's grandkids and then he's like immediately like on the prowl like wait are you Gwen's kids and he immediately is like oh I knew her. I knew your mother long ago I knew your mother in the biblical sense Ew, he didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean he he practically does later on in the movie but didn't didn't say that just yet so Calabar's like, oh, um, let me call a cab for you. And we get, um, I would guess what they spent a lot of the budget on this movie on, this fucking animatronic of the skeleton driving the cab. His yeah. name's Benny, and he's like comic relief, I suppose, because he makes jokes about the fact that he's a skeleton and he's driving a cab. Sure. He does like little twitchy movements in his face and his mouth moves. Yeah, like it it moves. It's so moves. funny cuz he's a spooky skeleton, but he's driving a car like people. <laughs> so Benny drives the kids up to their grandmother's house. The gate is locked in grandma's house. And Marnie being like the fucking know-it-all she is. By the way, like as soon as she finds out she's the witch, she's like, I knew it all along. Like, no, you fucking didn't, bitch. Okay. Like, how would you have known? Whatever. Anyway, the point is. She knew it all along, Frankie. She literally 10 minutes before was like, there's nothing special about me. She's she's odd, Frankie. All her friends say she's odd. Oh, my God. All my friends said I was odd, but I didn't think I was a fucking witch. How did you not know? Maybe your mother's a witch. Maybe we don't know. Oh, you call my mom a 
<laughs> What's a bitch? Oh, you call my mom a witch. Oh. I'm going to tell on you. Oh, no. So they're at the gate of the grandma's house, right? And there's a big old lock on it. And it's not like they can call her because there's no cell service in Halloween Town. Apparently. There's no Steve Jobs in Halloween Town. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve Jobs is a pumpkin head. So there's this big padlock and Marnie, being the know-it-all she is, she like tries to cast a spell to open the lock, even though she's never done anything, which like her whole life and literally just found out she's a witch. But now she's going to start casting spells and shit. She fails. She she fails. And then she starts arguing with Dylan because this is the fucking pattern of behavior with them. They just start fighting and get all caught up fighting with each other. Meanwhile, Sophie just like walks up to the gate. And, like, the next thing you know, the other two are turning around and the gate's open. And they're like, Sophie, how did you do that? She's like, oh, I just pushed it. And they're like, oh, I guess we didn't realize the door, the lock was unlocked. Okay, let's go. And they walk off. And Sophie just says, like, basically to herself, because they don't hear her. She's like, and I wish that the lock would turn into a frog. And then she follows them in. And you pan down. You just see a fucking frog on the floor. Ribbit. Now, Ribbit. Again. And you're like, oh, my God. This child is going to kill us all. <laughs> Now, what is that frog's memory? <laughs> Why is this lock suddenly sending it an amphibious? Oh, God. Oh. This is the movie that we've watched today. Oh, my God. So they get into the grandmother's house, and the grandmother's making a potion of sorts. She goes to the microwave, and the microwave has buttons that says, Bubble, boil, and trouble. And of course, you get the bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble. Scott wanted to kill himself at this point. He, like, just put his head in his hands and was like, shit. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) 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 To be fair, it was pretty stupid, but, like, it's Halloween town, bro. Oh, my God. This is what we're here for. So the kids see the grandma and they're like, oh, so nice to see you kids here. Why are you here? And the grandma's like, well, I guess your mother doesn't know you're here, huh? Well, we can st- we can have you stay around for a while. And like D- D- Dylan is like, shouldn't we call mom? And she's like, oh, no, dear. We can't call to another world. We haven't figured that out, out that technology yet. So like Aggie is just like okay with letting her daughter believe that her children were like kidnapped and disappeared well, into well, the night. Like well, not only that, but she also hints that oh we have to get you back before midnight on Halloween, and they're like oh well that's like in two hours, and she's like oh two hours in the human world's like two weeks here or something like that. It's very timey wimey wibbly wobbly, as Doctor Who would say. As Doctor Who would very much say. But it's kind of weird because it puts a timetable on this thing. Uh, yeah, well, kind of. I mean, she it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. Because Aggie is literally like, oh, well, two hours over there could be two days here or two weeks. Like, if we don't know. So it basically is just telling the audience, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the time, shit kids. Just sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Eat your Halloween candy. <laughs> you fucking sheeple. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm like losing it. I think I'm too hopped up on caffeine. Ugh. So they're, they're, they're trying. <laughs> so just, I gotta get. Sorry, I just gotta get. <laughs> my, our dog is laying on the bed of my side like that, like grown. She looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. 
I'm so sorry. We're moving on. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm, like, literally crying again. What's wrong with me? I need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Halloween Town does these things to me. <laughs> yeah, Halloween Town. It's all Halloween Town. What are you trying to say, bitch? <laughs> so, anyway, um, Aggie tells the kids that an evil force is here. Ooh. And this is this is a part of the movie that I forgot about, but I was so excited about it because when it happened, I, I, I died. So, Aggie, because, you know, which she has this, like, looking glass type situation where she can, I think in her words, roughly, were like, just keep an eye on things. Whatever. It's just a, a plot device to give us information right so she looks into this looking glass to see what this evil force is and we see this very evil looking prosthetic faced demon ghoul type hooded figure and he starts mwahahahaing and saying evil things and everyone i i want to stress this if you have a villain in your movie and you want to hide his identity, alter <laughs> his voice even oh. a little bit. Like, it's the mayor. You can hear it. In this, like, we just met this character five minutes ago, and, and you hear him talking like, it's the mayor. And the thing is, like, I've seen the movie, obviously, so I knew he was the villain. I didn't know if you were going to figure it out right away when we first introduced him. Like, I didn't know if he was creepy enough at, at the beginning when we first introduced him that you would realize he's a villain. And clearly you didn't because you were like, oh, he seems nice. Like, so when they did that and they showed the ghoul or whatever, and he's got the exact same distinctive ass voice as the mayor that we just talked to for like five minutes, two scenes ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> well, that just ruined the mystery of it. Like, fuck. <laughs> I was like hysterical laughing because Scott just looks at me and he's like, was that the fucking mayor? And I'm like, yeah, oh, well, <laughs> we now have our clear villain, but you know, it's a mystery to everyone in the movie. Well, these are children, Scott. I don't think they would have. I, I don't remember if I fucking caught up on it when I watched it. When did this come out? 98. How old was I in 98? Six. Six. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I really caught on to the timber of fucking Robin Thomas's voice. Who, by the way, the guy who plays the villain is named Robin Thomas, and he does have a very distinct voice. So it seems kind of stupid that you would give the fucking villain, who's supposed to be a mystery, the exact same fucking voice. But okay, you have editing software. Just deepen it just a little bit. Well, maybe they didn't want it to be too spooky, scary for the kids. By deepening his voice or make it higher, then make him. Well, that's high- stupid. <laughs> Yeah, just have him sound like fucking Tweety Bird or something. Well, give him a helium balloon before he talks. Oh, my God. Uh, that's not scary in any capacity. It's this movie be. isn't scary. It's supposed to be scary for six-year-old Scott, okay? If he sounds like a cartoon character, it's not going to work. Well, you know who sounded like a cartoon character who was scary? Me. No. Well, <laughs> I was going to say Judge Doom. Wait, who was that? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, I talked. Yes! Wait! Okay, fair enough. The voice thing was a was a mishap. We shouldn't have done it. If we could go back in time to 1998. We would have a real Back to the Future situation where we would just run into the town square in fucking Oregon and be like, don't make the voice the same. 
actor. Don't do it. You're going to ruin the whole mystery. Yes. <laughs> if we had the power to go back to 1998. That's what we would spend our time doing. <laughs> that's that's priority, Scott, okay? Not, you know, stopping 9-11 or, or the COVID crisis or the or Iraq war. Or getting no. all the lotto numbers for the next uh, right, 30 no, years. None of that. None of it. We have to save Halloween Town. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery of Halloween. <laughs> oh, God. This movie. This movie is breaking me more than I thought it would. So after we establish that there's an evil, mysterious force coming to Halloween Town, Aggie decides uh, we have to activate Merlin's Talisman, which is basically like if you bought a magic wand toy at party city because your five-year-old wanted to be like elsa or something for halloween elsa didn't have a wand i don't know fucking hermione granger it looks like a ren fair it does it looks fucking stupid it looks like a toy and it probably was a toy that was refurbished to look fucking halfway legit but anyway she basically has to make this potion unscrew the top of the wand and pour the potion into the talisman and make it light up and then you can use that to fight the bad guy and that's our mission and the way we complete this mission is by going on a shopping spree yes we need werewolf hair a vampire's fang and ghost sweat i don't know how ghost sweat but we'll get there we don't need to think about the logic too hard. This movie certainly doesn't, so let's not kill ourselves thinking about it. They go into the marketplace, and Marnie immediately gets hit on by a young teen boy named Luke, uh, who's played by Philip Van Dyke, who, fun fact, voiced Arnold in seasons two and three of Hey Arnold. And he's another shitty character. Well, he's... I like Luke because he's shitty in most of the movie, but then he has a turnaround at the end, and he's in the sequel, and he's good in the sequel. We like Luke. Not right now, but we will. No. We will. No. Scott, you have no heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I have zero heart. I would rather have Luke and Dylan be on a pile of garbage somewhere. They're just children, Scott. Luke is a a goblin teen boy who is considered a quote-unquote local punk by everyone in Halloween Town. And uh, he mentions that he was recently made handsome by a mysterious shadow creature. Spoiler alert, it's the fucking same guy we've been talking about. The evil mayor slash evil demon ghoul, whatever the fuck. And of course, when he hits on Marnie, she turns him down flat because he's a dick. But more importantly, we buy Marnie a broom. Yes, she has. Uh, she gets a broom, and she goes on a nice little ride with uh, Debbie Reynolds on her broom. But we need to talk about the side character that is just so much <laughs> in this movie. Oh. I don't understand. We meet this uh, salesman at the broom store or whatever, and uh, he, for some reason, is like a zombified Elvis. Yeah. I don't know if it's meant to be actual Elvis or like an Elvis impersonator that turned into a zombie. I don't know. I don't want to think about it too hard because it hurts my brain. But <laughs> when I saw his performance, it was so over the top and so silly and stupid, but like in a fun way. If you want to be totally rad, you got to have the Dayglow bristles. Now the purple dragonfly here, it's awesome. 
but I prefer the metallic blue myself. Yeah. I wanted to know who the actor was, so I looked it up. I mean, he's been in a lot of movies as kind of like a side character, um, but he is actually a main player in, uh, I believe it's NBC, the dramas, it's Chicago Med, I think, and 911. Like, they have all those, you know, every fucking show on primetime major networks is like a doctor show or a fucking cop show or both or whatever the fuck. He's on one of those fucking shows. His name is Kenneth Choi, and this was his first ever role at least according to IMDb. And, sir, I, I tip my hat to you. I think he's in a Marvel movie. I think so, too. He was in Captain America. Ah, there we go. I tip my hat to you because this was really fun. And you you took a character that was, like, literally nothing, and you made it memorable to the point where I, I remember you more than some of the other major details in this movie. So, yes, good for you, you. Yes, as you try to sell the Cromwells a, like, regular sweeping broom. But, yes... They fly through the air. On shitty green screen. <laughs> but who shows up? Gwen. <gasps> Mom's here. She's going to kill us. Gwen is like, this is it. We're done. We're going home. There will be no training. There will be no witchcraft. So she goes to the, the train station with the kids, or the bus station, I should say, and there are no buses coming for like several hours. So she's like, damn, what are we going to do? Let's go see the mayor, and we'll find out if the mayor can help us. So they go to the mayor's office, and she finds out that the mayor is Calabar. <gasps> and Calabar is her ex-boyfriend. Oh. And they immediately start like flirting with each other, more so Calabar, but she is not... like batting him away she's very like <gasps> twitter pattern well yeah she's very twitter pattern because you know well you know you're magical and you know my magical daughter did kill my ex-husband oh my god so this is, like ridiculous <laughs> first of all it's it's not your ex-husband if he was your husband then he died he's still your husband you tell me but <laughs> well technically he's ex no he's not oh my god he's exed out of existence but he's not your ex-husband he's your dead husband it's like if you, I if I killed you. Oh shit! Okay, there we go. If I killed you, you heard which it here might on this podcast. very well happen if we do many more of these episodes. If I killed you, you see, technically I would be a widow, even though I did it to myself. <laughs> I would be a widow, and you would be my dead husband. Oh, if God. I had divorced you and then killed you, then you'd be my dead ex-husband. Ah, I see. You, see. you see the distinction? Oh, okay, okay, yes, I see. <laughs> Scott's like, well, let me divorce you, and then we can find out, because I'm scared. <laughs> oh, God. Don't worry, Scott, I'm not going to kill you until you make much, much more money. Okay, well, then we'll, <laughs> then we'll be married for a long, long, long time. Uh, where are we now? Okay, so, yeah, they're they're flirting uh, fucking Calabar and Gwen, and Calabar gets a note from his secretary and he has to leave in a, in a big hurry um, oh yeah wait 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 his two no, we're, let's talk about the secretary his please two, he has two secretaries he has a puppet vampire which like I honestly I'm mad that there wasn't more puppetry in this that would have been better I feel like yeah than probably what we got effects wise but continue let's get to the real fucking and, big question mark of this fucking scene and there's a woman who is basically a giant pincushion that's all she is it's very odd because okay yes like half of her is normal human right and then the second half of her the bottom half is a giant pincushion but it also kind of looks like a pumpkin 
Like when I think when I was a kid, I thought it was a pumpkin because it's orange and it's round like a pumpkin and it's got like the lines, yeah, you know. No, but she clearly. I thought it was a fucking pumpkin, and I'm like, why is this pumpkin lady here? But then she's got pins sticking out of her with notes on it. And I'm like, oh, she's a pin cushion. That that's not a monster. No. What monster have you fucking ever heard of that is a pincushion lady? How does one become a pincushion lady? I would love to know. I want the origin story for pincushion lady. Hellraiser. I don't know. Oh, hell. That's the. Okay. That's. Well, the he's s- pinhead. Who you call him pinhead? Sorry, I had to do that joke. He's basically a pincushion. Ooh, maybe, maybe she is part of the origin story for pinhead. Did we ever get a pinhead origin yes, story? Yes, we did. Fuck. Okay, never mind. I don't fucking. I've never seen that movie. No, don't worry. You don't need to see it. Does it fit, Scott? Is what I'm asking you. I'm trying to make sense out of this. No, but who gives a shit? It's fucking. Hellraiser. I give a shit. It's Hellraiser and Halloween Town. I give a shit. I clearly have no other problems in my life. This is number one priority. I must find out the origins of Pincushion Lady. It's in like less than 30 seconds of Halloween Town from 1998. Oh, God. Anyway. So while this is all going on, Luke goes and grabs Aggie and brings her to the movie theater because that's where the evil force needs to meet her. And Aggie's like, okay, fine. Yeah, take me to him right now, bitch. So they go off to this abandoned movie theater and she finds all of the missing citizens of Halloween Town that she was talking about earlier. And they're all like frozen in these movie theater seats because they have been frozen in time by the evil mayor. I mean, mysterious hooded figure. (laughs) The demon appears before Debbie Reynolds and demands Merlin's talisman. And Debbie Reynolds refuses. Luke runs away in terror because the fucking demon guy starts attacking Debbie Reynolds and he's like whoa I didn't sign up for this shit so he runs away Gwen and the kids all run in and uh, Gwen and Aggie are immediately frozen by the evil demon mysterious quote unquote bad guy and the kids are all like ah oh my god and (laughs) what's really funny one of the best lines in the movie is as the kids are running out Marnie kind of stops at the door and looks back and Aggie is like yelling to her Marnie don't worry we're okay it's just an evil spell that freezes us (laughs) and it's like oh yeah no big deal (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. But the monsters. It's fine. It's fine. Are you sure? Because she has zero adventurer training. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's fine. She'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe it is fine. They had to put that line in to let the kids at home watching know that they're not dead. <laughs> like, they're still alive. Don't worry. Later on, the kids come in to save them, and they check their heartbeats like, oh, don't worry, kids at home. They're still alive. They're okay. <laughs> They're not dead. Like how Sophie killed the father. They're fine. Oh my god, will you stop with that? Sophie's like (laughs) six years old or whatever. Yeah, that doesn't matter. She killed him. What is she, the fucking kid from Orphan who was like a 30-year-old lady in real life? Well, I was going to think the little girls from The Shining. Oh, they were ghosts. Are you saying that Sophie's a ghost? That's a real twist. Well, they were psychic first, (laughs) but yes. They are go. She. They're all. All of them they're are all go. They're all dead. They're all dead. Halloween Town is just the afterlife. It's like fucking purgatory. Anyway, so that would be really good. That's a real <laughs> sequel. Yeah. So now the kids are on their own. They need to get the ingredients for this potion. 
So off they go to get the hair of a werewolf, the sweat of a ghost, and the fang of a vampire. Hijinks ensue. Yes. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, we meet the tooth fairy who's pulling a vampire fang. Uh, we meet a hairdresser werewolf. Yeah, who they just buzz the back of his head. And we, we meet... The ghost sweat one is the worst one. The ghost sweat one makes the least sense. The ghost is in the sauna. They think... No, let's start from the fucking beginning of the ghost sweat scene. They think, okay, how can we get ghost sweat? Where do people sweat? Um, the gym? Let's go to the local gym. Okay, because dead fucking ghosts are going to be really concerned about their fucking physical well-being and their health because, you know, they're dead. That makes sense. So, and it's funny because Dylan even mentions that at one point. Like, how, why would a ghost care about physical fitness? And Marty's just like, shut up, Dylan. <laughs> we move on. It's so dumb. It's the only <laughs> line from Dylan that's worth a damn in this entire movie. But literally, they go into the gym, right? And we meet a great cast of characters in the gym. We meet an ogre-looking dude. And when I say that, I just mean a big, burly man wearing a tank top, showing off his, like, uh, human arms and his human legs with a fucking ugly-ass, like, dried-up fucking Shrek mask, even though Shrek didn't exist yet over his fucking face and he's just lifting dumbbells and then we get the fucking sleepwalkers cat lady remember last week when we mentioned sleepwalkers this is where that lady lives now and we know josh you love sleepwalkers but leave it alone god damn it i i've never seen it so i'm not gonna say anything but just from what i have seen i'm like okay i'm good like i don't need that in my life i'm okay <laughs> Um, mind you, I just watched Birdemic 2 the other day, so I don't really think my opinion should be taken too seriously. <laughs> but I digress. Um, <laughs> Finally, they get downstairs. To the sauna. To the sauna, where we get a Italian mobster ghost. Uh, yeah, and I've never seen a sauna like this. He's like strapped in a machine. I don't understand anything in this movie, really. But, okay, the point is, they get the fucking ghost sweat. They put it in a little vial. And they run away. And then they go to the dentist's office. Because this is just a regular old town. So they have a local dentist. <laughs> yuck, yuck. And it's apparently the Tooth Fairy. And he pulls a fucking vampire fang out of a vampire lady. And when I say pull the tooth out, I mean they pulled a fake tooth out, you know. And then they colored one of the lady's teeth black. And <laughs> just to show that they pulled the tooth out. It's like fucking, you know, like middle school fucking play fucking effects but anyway they, but they take it all back to the grandmother's house yes and they make the magic potion and they pour it into the talisman and they have to say these words to activate it but marnie forgets what they are and they're like again we go back right into the pattern of marnie and dylan arguing back and forth and then all of a sudden fucking sophie pipes up and starts speaking sumerian for no fucking reason it's very creepy it's way creepier than i would think it would be but it's really just this tiny cute little girl speaking sumerian and she's like oh well grandma said the words before and they sounded really pretty so i made it a song <laughs> it's like oh my god and she keeps saying 
so creepy. Well, uh, the thing is, this scene made me because uh, Marnie does try like a bunch of like random stuff because she like remembers some of it, like the beginning of it, but doesn't remember like the whole thing. And it just makes me think of fucking Ash and Army of Darkness. Klaatu, Mirada. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Where he's like. And he just, like, coughs, like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. But either way, um, of course, Sophie being the high priestess of the Cromwell clan at six years old, she's able to, like, activate the goddamn talisman. And and then they they try to figure out what to do next to kind of, like, stop this evil, mysterious force. Boogie, boogie, boogie. And... (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's electric boogie 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 boogie. boogie. (laughs) oh my god this fucking episode is bizarre (laughs) anyway i thought the birdemic episode was weird but this is worse oh so they're thinking about it and they're trying to figure out what to do next and marnie remembers something that aggie said before about how in the human mortal world Halloween is basically just a holiday that they made up from the Halloween town traditions. Like it's all from Halloween town originally. Yes. So where do you put a light? Right. The talisman thing lights up when it's activated. So Marnie's like, when it gets dark on Halloween, where do you put the candle? In the fucking pumpkin. So they go running towards the town square, right? Because there's a big ass pumpkin in there. And when they arrive to the town square to install this little talisman into the giant pumpkin in the middle of the square luke comes out of the fucking shadows and he's like it's a trap yeah he basically warns marnie that the fucking bad guy is on to them and that it's a no good (laughs) you better run away girl and she's like you fucking spineless piece of shit what the fuck's wrong with you and he's like i'm really really sorry i didn't know he was like a murderer (laughs) I didn't know he was going to try and, like, attack your grandma. I wasn't aware. I just wanted to be handsome. (laughs) Well, even still, even, like, because while that whole scene is going on where the grandma and the ghoul are, like, kind of facing off, like, with a battle of words at first, he's kind of chiming in, but I'm like, there's all these bodies that are around you that you clearly can see. What do you mean you didn't know, you piece of shit? I mean, that is a point that you made. And I... He redeems himself at the end because he helps Marnie save the day and he saves everybody. So I choose to not care about your point. Well, my point is still valid. Uh, I can't hear you, Oogie Boogie Boogie. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. It's electric. Oogie <laughs> Boogie Boogie. Um. <laughs> so Luke's like, okay. I think I'm dying. Okay. So Luke's so, like, you can't go in there by yourself. Marty basically tells him to fuck off. And then Calabar shows up and he reveals himself as the demon. Oh my god, we're all so shocked. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I can't believe it. Scott, on a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> how good was the fucking reveal? A 37. <laughs> I was so shocked. Oh my god! Okay, I it's, feel like this is gonna get a hand melody. It's like when Scooby Doo pulls the mask off, and you're like, "Oh my!" You're like, "Oh my god!" It's Scrappy Doo under there playing Rowan Atkinson. Okay, 
I swear to God, on my life, I'm not under the influence of any drugs or alcohol. <laughs> I'm just very, I don't know, the coke, the coke, not the cocaine, <laughs> Coca-Cola is getting to me today. I don't know. I <sighs> I don't know, man. Oh, God. This movie, it does things to people. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> but anyway, so Luke uh, decides he's going to help Marnie save the day here. Marnie's wearing this cloak, right? Because Halloween Town, which is... So Luke <laughs> puts on the cloak. So Calabar will think that he is Marnie. Goes through the crowd and like towards the pumpkin. And Calabar's like, how dare you? We stop you, witch. And he like uses his powers to like freeze Luke and throw him to the ground. And he pulls back the cloak the bad guy Calabar and he sees it's Luke he's like what the fuck and he turns around and Marnie's already at the fucking big pumpkin she's gonna throw the talisman into the big pumpkin right before she goes to drop the talisman he fucking hits her with the ice powers and he freezes her and she's like ah and <laughs> right as she's about to pass out she just is able to drop the fucking talisman into the pumpkin and it fucking saves the day how exactly does it do that i don't know it just does it damn it spells the darkness <laughs> uh-huh whatever that means and it unfreezes all the people in the movie theater so but calabar is not <clears throat> defeated yet he expounds on his evil plan. He magics the talisman back into his hands, right? And he's like, oh, I'm going to make myself the ruler of Halloween Town and the mortal world. Mwahahaha. And Agatha... And then you will fuck me, Gwen. Oh my, basically. So Agatha and Gwen come back into the square and they're like, what the fuck, Calabar? What is the meaning of this? And Calabar says to Gwen, you chose a human over me. Therefore, I hate all humans. And fuck you. You could have had this. <laughs> Gestures to his crotch. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't do that. But <laughs> well, in our minds, in our minds, he did. And um, yeah, th all of this was because fucking April O'Neil wouldn't fuck him, and he's feeling a little salty about it. Oh my God! Wait, if you want to connect this, maybe their parents are Michelangelo. <laughs> he's a real party dude, Frankie. I don't know why he was the crickets there. Oh, you mean the kid? You mean that April O'Neil fucked a turtle and made three normal human children with no turtle in the middle? How do you know they have no turtle in the middle? Well, how do you know they do? <laughs> Maybe they have shells I, under their clothing. You know, I feel like before this, we had gone off the rails a little bit. And now we're, we're talking about hybrid turtle human children. I feel like we should stop. <laughs> well, would you rather me go that Sophie murdered her father? I'd rather, I'd rather, <laughs> I don't know what I'd rather actually anymore. Um, basically, the way this movie ends is all of the Cromwells come together. And I mean all of the Cromwells because little Dylan Pissan is so upset that he is getting angrier and angrier. And you wouldn't like Dylan when he's angry. Oh no, because he has like electric sparks coming out of his hands. And Marnie's like, you're magic too, bitch. And they all come together and expel fucking Calabar into the ether and not before Marnie calls him chocolate bar which to me at like six or seven years old I thought was the sickest bird of all time yes it's such an insult to be called a chocolate bar well see Scott because his name is silly it's Calabar and if you think about it it sounds a little like chocolate bar 
it's it's it rhymes with chocolate bar, and they both start they with, rhyme. The, with the C's. Calabar chocolate bar. It's not rhyming. Calabar chocolate bar. They're <laughs> two different words with the same ending. Therefore, they rhyme. You see, that's how English works. <laughs> We need, we need to end this. Don't pat my head. He just like condescendingly patted my head. I'm fine. We need to end this soon. I'm okay. So fucking. Oh my god! Everyone's gonna think we're high as fuck. Oh, I'm crying again. Uh, so the film has a happy ending. Despite the fact that Calabar is defeated and Luke turns back into a goblin man, uh, he apologizes to Marnie and, you know, for everything that happened and she forgives him. Yeah, uh, well, there is a line here where he's like, oh, I just want to be pretty so you, I, I could go on a date with you. I'm like, but you did this before she ever came to Halloween Town, before you ever met her. So bullshit well, maybe he just met like someone like her that's pretty no luke is full of shit you're full of shit all right leave the poor boy alone no he's a goblin boy and he just wants to be a pretty boy that's okay we all have dreams scott <laughs> anyway luke is forgiven <laughs> marnie gives him a little kiss on the cheek and it's funny because earlier in the movie aggie when she's telling the kids the bedtime story she makes a point of saying something along the lines of oh sometimes even the ugliest and slimiest of creatures can be the most nice and wonderful basically saying don't judge a book by its cover and that's why they except, end the movie with marnie kissing the goblin boy on his cheek except <laughs> when you help a guy secretly kidnap a bunch of people well we don't need to talk about that in great length dear we can just let that go can't no. we well, kidnapping is a crime. He didn't kidnap anybody. He assisted. If anything, he was an accessory, right, dear? Didn't you say that about Dan from Reanimator? He's just an accessory. It's okay. Again, you still. <laughs> and he murdered people. <laughs> there was no one murdered in this film. It, not for lack of Calabar trying, but still, no one died. Everybody's okay now. <laughs> they were just frozen in time and lost. Well, you know, you know. Perhaps, but you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, after Marnie forgives Luke, we go back into like the carnival, Halloween type music, and Gwen and Aggie kind of make peace with each other. And Gwen's like, "I'm gonna teach Marnie how to be a witch," and Aggie's like, "I want to spend more time with my grandchildren, so I'm gonna come back to the mortal world with you and stay with you, yay!" And everything's happy, and that's basically how we end the movie but i'm personally looking forward to the reboot of reboot slash sequel of halloween town in 2022 where sophie becomes of age and rises to meet her evil witch queen like maleficent fucking potential but that's just me and also oh my god we didn't even mention benny at the end so Benny at the end of the movie, oh my god, like while the kids are getting the fucking uh, oh, yeah. accoutrement for the fucking potion, right? Apparently, like Benny is supposedly possessed by Calabar or something and he goes to try to like 
grab the kids and kidnap the kids at some point to keep them from getting the potion together. I don't know. It's fucking convoluted as fuck, but we just wanted Benny back in the movie because he's so funny, right? But he tried to, like, kidnap the children. He grabs fucking Dylan by the scruff of his neck, <laughs> like, almost killing him, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, the kids get away and they run off and do the thing that they do, you well, know? Yeah, they, they unleash a dog on Benny. Oh, yes, because he's made of bones. Go get the bone, doggy. Ha, 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 ha. It's so funny. But anyway, at the end of the movie, as they're going back home to their human world, right, Benny's like, they make a point to have Benny at the end of the movie say, like, bye, kids. Ta-ta. See you next fall. And the kids are like, bye, Benny. Like, none of that happened. That was also very strange. It's like we need to make sure the kids know that Benny was a good guy. Benny's fine, kids. Benny's fine. You can still laugh at Benny. He's not a bad guy. It's okay, kids. And that was Halloween Town. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you, like, we we did a review on Les Miserables, and that movie is, like, three hours long. Like, legit three hours long. And it was exhausting. But I am so exhausted right now. And this <laughs> movie was, like, an hour and 20 minutes. We've lost our minds. What the fuck just happened? I don't even remember half the shit I said. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> or something oh my goodness anyway how did you like halloween town it's fine it's literally fine the thing is i'm glad we recorded the same day we watched it because i already feel like some of the like things are just slipping out of my mind yeah for sure because i'm like what happened to gary it's not like other than like oh they go to a magical mystical monster village uh and Benny the weird-eyed moving skeleton. Like, I'm slowly already forgetting the details. Like, if you ask me to describe the plot of this movie in a month, I'm probably not going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's fair. I also think the movie's alright. What did you give it star-wise, dear, out of five? Two and a half. I gave it a three. um, But, you know objectively speaking two and a half is more than acceptable i probably would give it that too if i didn't have the nostalgic love for it that i do but it was a fun time watching it it was a fun time talking about it obviously as you guys could tell and i think the the stars of the movie that really make it stand out as like a a disney channel staple would be Debbie Reynolds and Kimberly J. Brown, who played Marnie. I think she was a great child actress. Um, unfortunately, they kind of got rid of her at some point. I think for the fourth one, the fourth Halloween Town movie, they got rid of her and replaced her with Sarah Paxton. Which why? I mean, I think it was probably over money. I would guess, but I don't know. It just sucks. I like her so much. I think obviously Debbie Reynolds is great, and um, the rest of the movie is so charmingly cheap. But, like, kiddishly, cutesly cheap. And um, it is, again, a Disney Channel icon. So I I give it points for that. Scott is shaking his head while he looks at me in despair. But that's okay. I don't care. I like movies that are maybe not so great, but have something else to offer in the entertainment arena. And this, I think, would count in that category. So if you haven't seen Halloween Town and maybe, you know, if you're feeling a little drunk or <laughs> inebriated in some other fashion and you feel like watching something really dumb, just throw on fucking Halloween Town. Why not? Find a drinking game on it and just have yourself a time. It's on Disney Plus for all of you that have Disney Plus. Yes, yes. Yeah, you should drink like every time somebody says witch or something. That'd be fun. You might be dead. Well, that's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you can't be a ghost in Halloween Town, sitting in the sauna, sweating out of your non-existent yes. pores. You might be dead like Gwen's husband. Oh, no. That Sophie killed. Oh, no, not Sophie. S- Sophie killed him. Uh, so that is the end of Spoopy Month for us here on Shoot the Flick for this season. I'm so sad to see it go, but also so happy because next week we will be watching yet another Indiana Jones film. And I would say it is another great one. Yeah, I'm excited. It's the one that most people, I feel like, regarded as the second best of the franchise. I very much enjoyed it as well, so I'm down to talk about it because I actually haven't seen it probably since I've watched it for the first time. So I'm I'm down. I'm excited. But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you vote for us for Best Podcast on the Best of Long Island contest check out the info in our social media and make sure you vote for us every day if you can we really appreciate your support and make sure you come back next week for our adventurous crazy movie adventure i put the spell on you no wrong movie happy halloween everyone (laughs) 